The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello. Hey there, Mitch. On this week's episode, we'll talk about what happened and what didn't happen at the extension deadline. And then after that, we'll give out our Suns season predictions, where we will attempt to predict which Sun will lead the team in every stat category and the team's final record, as well as give a, a hot take and a cold take. It's a, it's a tradition here. We do it every year. So uh, stay tuned to the end of the episode to check that out. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Shout-outs are in order for our bet question. Shout-out to at Dunks on Twitter. We were guessing Landry Shamet points in a preseason game. I don't really remember which one because there's been more pressing issues. But Sunders Dunk said he would score 14. Shamet had 12. Between the two of us, you said 16 and I said 9. So I was one point closer. So nice little tune-up. We both go one and one in the preseason bet question series. But yeah, shout out to Sundress Dunks. I know uh, it's a little bit of a rough day with everything that happened. So hopefully the shout out helps you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just hop right into that. Let's not start with the bad news though. We don't want to do that. Let's talk about a couple signings that we got to see come through the desk. Mikhail Bridges, four years. $90 million. Sounds like it's fully guaranteed, so there won't be a player option at the end of that, which is uh, great news for us. We, we, get, we get the long boy for four years, and I think everybody's excited about this. Some people think we got him on a steal. I, I think this is a pretty fair deal for the guy, though. What do you think about it? Yeah, I was really excited when I saw this. It was the first move of the day that we saw, first Suns news of the day. And I was really happy. I thought this was great. He definitely deserves the money. Uh, like you said, very fair. I agree. I think it's pretty fair. And he has definitely earned it. So I was very happy for Mikhail. Totally. And the guy's a winner. I mean, look at college. Look at what he's come into now, our run last year. I expect it to keep going. I expect him to keep improving. Uh, he's, what, 25 years old, 24, 25, still years before the prime, and we're going to be locking him up right when that prime starts, too. So this is this is what you draft players for or trade for players on draft night for to get into this situation and lock them up for the future. And, you know, not everything went our way as Suns fans today, but... Uh, this is one great step, and hopefully we can build on it more. Yeah, and I also think it's it's a good thing because 
you hear a lot about, oh, he's too old. Oh, you don't want to draft guys who played four years in college. But Mikhail is a good example of that can still work just fine. Even though he came into the league when he was 22, he is still playing very well. He's not too old. 22 is definitely not too old. Right. So, yeah, you yeah, think about good. those older guys, you think, are they already near their ceiling? I mean, I've thought that before with seniors coming in, into the draft, but I mean, Mikhail's been obviously getting better every year in every aspect of the game. So I'm I'm definitely not afraid of the Suns drafting a junior or senior coming out of college anymore. No, no way. I think those guys are more ready to go right off the bat and they can still grow nearly as much as those 18, 19 year old guys through their careers. And a lot of times there's less of the growing pains. Sure, we see these really young phenoms. We get a couple each year. But a lot of times the really young guys are pretty rough around the edges, and it takes some time for them to develop. But Mikhail is a great example of why a senior in college, especially from a very winning program, can be just a bit more polished and still have the ability to learn and develop. For sure. Yeah, I don't think anyone is complaining about this deal. Um, it's not. It's definitely not an overpay. I never. I didn't see a single person bring that up in any sort of social media today. Never saw that. No one even typed that, which is kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I saw some comparisons, some OG Ananobi comparisons, um, saying that Mikhail got paid a little too much because OG is making like what 18 or 19 per year, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I I think you're coming off a Western conference championship, a finals run. You got to pay the guy. And we did. I also think Mikhail is far better than OG Ananobi. Same, same. (laughs) Those Raptors fans are crazy. Yeah. Whatever though. Okay. Landry Shamit. Yeah, wow. <laughs> what a surprise. This oh, was shocking. Man. He hasn't played a regular season game for us. Yeah, that's really wild. That's it, really crazy to think about. And obviously we're about to hop into the Aiton discussion. And it's it's just a little shocking. Paying a guy over $10 million a year. He's never worn a Suns jersey in a regular season game. He's worked with our, our guys for... A month or two, a few months, whatever. Not even a few months, a couple months. It's just a little crazy, but I it's nothing against Landry or his game, but just the whole the whole situation surrounding the deadline today with Aiton, it was a little shocking to see, and I can see that being very off putting for a lot of people. Yeah. I guess Monty Williams loves Landry Shamet, which is understandable, but wow. I was very, very surprised to see this. You know, I I like, I saw that news about Monty too, and as soon as we brought Shamit in, Monty was talking about the kind of guy he was and how helpful he'll be and all that. But I I do like that Monty has a little say in that because that, that was reported today that Monty did have part in this. But four years... 43 million dollars 
man, I this has to it if this doesn't pan out, if this Shamit signing flips and he's not worth it, this is going to look so, so, so bad. Yes. I've seen some people just on Twitter comparing his contract to what campaign got and saying campaign must be heated right now. But I think we have to remember the context of that. Payne decided to stay with us and took a discounted deal. He knew he could probably get more from someone else. So he knew what he was getting himself into. He wanted to stay in Phoenix and he was willing to not make as much money to do that. Yeah. And honestly, four years, 43 million. That's not crazy money. It's not. It's a substantial amount for a bench piece, a guaranteed bench piece. Um, but I don't know. The cap number is going to go up. It won't look that bad in the future. And then people were saying that about Bridges, too. In the final year of his deal, when he's making 20-whatever it is. something like that. Right. That It, it won't look that bad. So you, you got to keep that in mind, that the salary cap will go up. That number won't be nearly as menacing at that point. Right, right. Uh, do All we right. do it now? Yeah, we got to do it. <laughs> okay. So this is very polarizing, and it's tough to – it's just tough to get behind it. No matter, no matter what side you're truly on, if you think Aiden deserves max money or if you think Aiden deserves near max money – which is the camp that I fall in personally. Um, you just have to, it's just so disappointing seeing that Bridges and Shamit get them today. But here we are, Aiden, hours before the extension deadline, news comes out that a deal is not happening. The Suns did not offer a max deal. And that's the only thing that Aiden would take. Yeah. And then Woj reports that DeAndre Aiden is not happy. Right. Yeah. So, okay, I'm trying to see the logic of this situation from the Suns' perspective. We're, we're a very balanced and reasonable podcast, and I don't Let's know if that, you're going to yeah. see a lot. We try. So I'm trying to see the other perspective, where it's like, okay, you want to try to challenge him. You want to really make him earn that money. He'll be a restricted free agent. Someone's obviously going to offer him a max deal. And we'll just match it. Like, I was kind of on board with that until the Shamit stuff came out. Yeah. That's that's where I was, too. It was just like a little poke in the rib when the Shamit news came up. It's just yeah. a little reminder that you guys probably didn't do things the right way this offseason. After Which, that fantastic season last year. And Aiden. Yeah. Coming, coming so alive during the playoffs after playing a whole season, sacrificing his numbers. I mean, fewer shot attempts. He could have, he could score more than what he did last year. He, he did previously. Yep. It's tough to not reward the guy. And this is where the big question is. Yeah, we didn't give him the fully guaranteed five-year max. But did we have things where with kickers to get him near max money? Right, that's right. Like we we have no idea about that. How much was being, you know, negotiated over? Would he have taken a couple million per year less than the max? 
obviously more than what Jaron Jackson Jr. took, but, you know, it's just so tough to, like, if we had the behind-the-scenes info, I mean, I could stand here and give you a firm take on how I truly feel about this, but, man, this is a, it's no fun. Right. We're kind of the, we're the talk of the NBA world today. Uh, It's all about, it started off with Bridges, and everyone loved that. And then the Aiton news came, and then, man, it was a, a little brutal just seeing what all the other basketball fans think about it. So Colin Sarver cheap, I mean, we know that, but right. the fact that so many other fans know our owner's full name and know that he's a cheapskate, that sucks. It does. Well, and I think it's very interesting because DeAndre Ayton, in a lot of fans' eyes, has sucked and been a bust. Up until this moment. <laughs> that's that's another thing. I mean, how much crap was talked about him since the minute we drafted him before Luca? And then right. yeah, we we were through the mud for the first couple years of his career and then he blossoms this year. I mean that that I, I hope that changed a lot of people's minds, but I don't know. I think I might be one of the few guys in the camp that I think DeAndre Ayton's a really great player. We needed to pay him near max money. But at the end of the day, the Suns are in a better position next offseason right now because we didn't make this extension. That's probably true. And I still would have paid. I would have paid him the full five-year, fully guaranteed max extension. Just yeah. for the sake of morale, he wants that so bad. And, yeah, I just don't think this is going to be that great of a move. And I have brought up something that I know people aren't going to like to hear, but I've thought about this. He could get traded. DeAndre Ayton potentially could get traded. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe that's the logic behind this. We know we're going to trade him. We don't want to pay him this money. We'd rather send him somewhere else and get... Carl Anthony Towns or whatever. I know no one wants to hear that. I know it's not popular. And then make another team do all this negotiating. Uh, I don't want that. I don't like that. But I could see it happening. Man, that's that's so tough. Because out of the very small sample size of preseason, we saw JaVale McGee put up very similar numbers to Aiton. Uh, if you look at the like their stats from last year, Aiton in almost twice the minutes averaged just about the same amount of blocks as McGee. So McGee's probably even just as big of a deterrent at the rim. So if you see that a few games this preseason, like, oh, JaVale's really playing great. Maybe any seven-foot center could play really great in this system with these guys. <laughs> You know, is that a thought process that's going around? Do we have our eye on someone? Like, have we been hiding Jalen Smith for this purpose? <laughs> like, is this what it, I don't know. It's so Ooh. goofy, but I, I just don't, I don't see. I, it makes sense financially why we didn't do it, because we can bring him back for a little cheaper next year when we match any RFA offer. That's what's going to happen. But the morale coming off of a finals run, 
I don't know if I'd trade that for an extra million or two and then whatever luxury tax that Sarver's going to have to pay. I'd rather keep the morale high and not have your top, you know, one of your starters be very, very upset with the organization. Right. And Robert Sarver needs to pay the luxury tax. Most teams do. We're one of the few teams that always tries to avoid this luxury tax. And we need to get with it and pay our guys. Uh, like You brought in Larry Fitzgerald to be a minority owner of the team. Like, could you just ask him to pay the luxury tax? You're like, Larry, <laughs> right. can you just pay the luxury tax this one year? And then if it works and we go back to the finals, I'll do it the next time. Like, what, what needs to happen? Right. Does, I don't know, maybe Chris Paul will donate some of that contract, right? Maybe he'll, I don't know, man. This is just, yeah. if this is another Joe Johnson thing, it's going to be extremely disappointing and i mean can robert sarver come back from that if this is what goes down again can he come back oh i was thinking about that i had a kind of wild thought if if things just go really south with ayton if like people would start boycotting the team i personally don't think that would happen but it was just kind of a thought that went through my mind because you know we had all the Fire Starver, billboards, this and that. Yeah. And, the other. and it's like, the only thing that's going to make a difference is if people stop paying. Yeah. Like, it's well, all about money. And people are always going to go to these games. Yeah. Well, when we were bad, what, we'd maybe get 30% attendance in that arena? It'd be so empty. Yeah. If I you bet think it was back to that. 30, though. The. There, there were some were games, games. There were some, where yes. you could be sitting across the gym from me, and if I spoke about this loud, you could probably <laughs> have heard me from across the gym. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, it's just, it, it's tough. I mean, we, we've been drugged through the mud, mud for so long. We have. We get the bright spot. Last year was so much fun. And then you think, all right, let's keep the gang together. We heard that all off season. And then you forget the big man. And I don't know, as much as I want to sit here and say, maybe everybody doesn't deserve a max. Maybe it's fine that we're going to wait and just match whatever restricted offer he gets next year. Yeah, I I do want to say that. But I mean, I I have feelings. I'm a human. I think D.A. should have been paid. You know, he's he's a. When we drafted him. It was there had to be some Arizona tie that brought him here, right? Right. You know, right. like high school here, college here, drafted here, goes to the finals here, but we don't extend him here. It just seems so weird. It is weird. And I think it's just extra hard because we've been through stuff like this many times as Suns fans. It's I don't want to say it's expected because I still was a little surprised, but the surprise doesn't last very long. We This is what we come to expect from old Bobby Sarver. <laughs> okay, let's, let's try to wrap this with this. What happens with DeAndre Ayton this year now? Is he going to be coming onto the court, giving it 100% like he was in the finals? 
are we going to be able to see him do that for an entire season with the, you know, the differences that he's having with our front office right now? I, yeah, uh, I, I lean towards when you're on the court with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you don't get, you don't get to pout. You don't get to whine. I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Chris Paul caught a sniff of that, he'd say, Monty, get this guy off the court right now. Right. Like, that's what I'd see happening. And I don't see that happening. Right. Well, I think he is playing for, he knows that he's playing for his contract at this point. Yeah. He's got to play really well. If anyone is going to offer him a max contract that, I'm almost certain we would match. So he is playing for that. Now, we know that DeAndre Ayton might not do super well with pressure like that. (laughs) So I don't really know. Um, You're right. Chris Paul and Devin Booker aren't going to let him mope around and pout. Like, he is going to have to give his all. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he ends up doing. And one thing that I actually just thought of, I saw a clip that was actually supposed to be pretty funny, but there is a, it was funny, but there's a point that sticks out just from inside the NBA. Shaq said in Miami, he never saw eye to eye with the front office or, you know, with Pat Riley, or I think he did with, with Spolstra, but I'm not sure he's, but he said, I never saw eye to eye with Pat Riley. And we won a championship. So, yeah, just food for thought. Hmm. I think we might see Aiden become a little more aggressive um, from the three-point line this year. I, I mean, hope if, so. If I he's confident, sure. if he's confident in himself, and he's hitting threes, what thirty percent? Yeah, I, I'd say even twenty-eight percent. If he's feeling confident hitting those threes, who's are, are you going to take him out of the game because he takes one? What What's he going to do? I'd look over at coach and just shrug and be like, oh, sorry, I'm firing threes. It's part of my game now. Take me out if you want, but have fun playing JaVale 35. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and well, I also think that's a good point to bring up with JaVale. Sure, the numbers are somewhat similar, but it's like you said – Aiton understood when Chris Paul was coming in that his numbers were going to take a dip and he was going to have to just take one for the team, literally. Yep. And he did. He accepted that. And I just wish we would have rewarded that. Right. I, yeah, a hundred percent. That's, that's where we'll leave that because that's how I feel too. Okay. Season predictions. We do this every year. Um, This will be by far the most optimistic one out of, <laughs> yeah. out of all. Will this be the fifth, I think? This is the... Or sixth? I think this is our sixth season. Sixth. All right. So, all right, we're doing this again. Uh, we're just going to do all the major stat categories. And then a final record prediction. And then we'll do a hot take. And then a cold take. So one that probably should happen. And then our hot take. It might get a little wild. We'll see, though. All right. We, we can go through these pretty quick. Uh, this has been done before. Points per game. Who you got? Devin Booker. Easy choice. 
And I actually think his point total is going to be a little bit higher. I said 26 and a half a game, which he was approaching 27 a couple years ago, a couple years ago before Chris Paul got here. And he took a little bit of a step back, but I think that's going to come back up. I think Booker's really going to be looking to score. And I think he's going to hit at some really nice percentages. I think this is going to be a great year for Booker. Nice. I'm going in a slightly different direction. I'm expecting 25 and a half points per game. And that's because of, you know, we got Landry Shamit. He has a real backup now. We might not need to play him quite as many minutes per game on a nightly basis. So maybe that's a couple fewer shots per game. So, you know, he's still going to light it up. And with this, I just hope he becomes a little more efficient. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And I think he will. <laughs> All right. Rebounds per game. Who you got? Uh, pretty easy one also. I think it'll be DeAndre Ayton. And I think he's going to push that up to 12 a game. Ooh. Ooh. I, I got Ayton with 11 flat. I, it's a little more than last year, but I don't know if I'm taking these things too deep into consideration. But, you know, McGee, solid backup. I uh, don't have to get worried about bringing in a smaller guy like Saric. So maybe Aiton doesn't need to play all those minutes too. Uh, yeah. Aside, aside from that though, both centers are never on the floor with a great rebounding power forward. So right. they should just be scooping up rebounds. Yeah. I also think we got slightly better on defense. So oh yeah. Yeah. True. true. Expect maybe an extra missed shot or two per game from True. the from the opposing team so Good point all right assists per game i'm yeah we probably got the same for this one i got chris paul 8.4 uh again i'm thinking Shamit, Payne, and even alfred payton maybe chris paul gets a few extra minutes per game off or, or whatever the case is but you know 8.4 still respectable yeah i went with chris paul 9.0 and I went with that because I think we also upgraded our shooting. Our shooting just got that much better, and that's going to translate to Chris Paul assist numbers. Nice. All right, steals per game. I got the Warden, Bridges, 1.6 per game. I can see him doing that, no problem. I can, too. I actually went Chris Paul, 1.6. And I only say that because I think Bridges makes a lot of plays, a lot more plays that don't show up on the stat sheet. Yeah, that's very true. He's he's going to bother someone no matter what. It's not always going to be a steal, but uh, yeah, he'll he'll be in front of you. That's the, that's that's the right. Yeah. All right. After steals, we got blocks per game. I'm going to go Aiton on this one. Uh, 1.5 per game. I'm thinking McGee is going to be pretty close, though. I mentioned it earlier. Pretty similar output in the block department, despite the minute difference. Yeah, and I went with McGee at one and a half, just because I think he's a better shot blocker. Aiton is a great defender, but he's not like a natural shot blocker. No, and McGee has, it looks like he has... Like the Mikhail Bridges arm proportions. They, right. they look so long. And when he reached back and threw down that alley oop, was that I don't remember what game that was, but he caught it at such a weird angle and was still able to stuff it. It was just uh, you, you can tell that that guy's 
um, a different level of big. You know, you see everyone's big in the NBA, but then there's some that are just huge, and I think he falls into that category. Yeah, he really does. All right, who's going to be the best three-point shooter, three-point percentage? Give me Mikael Bridges at 39%. Nice. I almost said 40. I really wanted to say 40. but Hey, 42% last year, which is wild. I mean, I still I can't believe that. No, I don't expect him to do that again, but I expect him to still be shooting it at a pretty high rate, pretty close to, you know, the 40 range, maybe not over, but that's what I, what I have him. But I'm going to go a little lower. I think our leader is going to be Shamit, 38 and a half. Uh, the dude shoots like 40% for his career, which is pretty crazy. So I don't see that changing too much while he's here. Yeah, I only went with Bridges because I think Shamit will probably shoot more threes. Kind of like why neither of us picked Jay Crowder, because he is going to shoot just about all threes. Yes. And so more misses. More attempts come with more misses. True. Yep, yep. And the record prediction. Las Vegas has the Suns at 51.5 over or under. Um, I personally haven't put any money down on that. I don't like the idea of the futures bets. I don't want my money sitting there. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not into that. So I have, I haven't done anything. I don't know if I will even put a cent down on the suns because I'm already so emotionally invested. Nah, I'm, I'm not going to, I've already kind of, uh, made that because yeah. i'm i'm a homer man i'm me too the suns are going 82 and oh this year that's my <laughs> yeah that's why i like we've been doing the DraftKings thing with college football and a little baseball for me i like that because i'm not that invested it's it's also kind of helpful to not know a ton and to just be able to look at the numbers kind of yeah. unbiased yeah so. i i like that i i do you want to know how pessimistic I've gotten over the Miami Dolphins? Oh, I almost put a lot of money on the money line for the Jaguars for that London game yeah. because I knew there was just no way that the Dolphins were going to win. I just I wow. I had that gut feeling, but then in the end I couldn't bet against them. I just couldn't I couldn't right. make myself do it. Yeah, I I can never bet against my own teams. All right. Final record, what do you have? 58 and 24. I don't think we'll quite get to 60, but we'll get very close. All right, I'm at 54 and 28. Pretty similar. Uh, Breaking 50 wins would be really fun to see. And you got to do that if you want to be one of the top teams in the West. We want that home court again, so we're going to have to win about that many games. Yeah, and... I mean, I think we'll be great in the playoffs, too, but we're going to be a great regular season team. Oh, I think so, too. I, I think I realized that in the preseason when we looked like we were uh, in midseason form already, maybe even yeah. playoff form, it seemed like, against the Lakers when we were just <laughs> we were just doing just them so dirty. Yeah. But, yeah, I think we'll uh, I think we'll come out hot and stay hot this year. I, I'm yeah. I'm excited for this regular season for sure. Definitely. All right. Hot take. Hot take. Do you want to start? or you I'll, want me? I'll start. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. A single NBA journalist will one time think about 
having Jalen Smith as a vote for most improved player. <laughs> <laughs> and that that journalist is uh, I guess. Kevin O'Connor. I like Kevin O'Connor. Okay. Yeah. He was wrong about Tyrell Terry, by the way. Just <laughs> throw that out there. Um, it would probably be Bobby Marks if it's anyone, though. Yeah, probably. He loves us. Uh, okay, <laughs> and I love him. Um, my hot take: Devin Booker will finish top five in MVP voting. Ooh. I think he's going to be very good. <clears throat> and like after it. after the finals run, people see that Booker is legit. I like it. Yeah, if we're a top team in the league, we should be getting that recognition, I'd say. Right. And, uh, you know, it's going to be KD, Harden. Well, actually, it might only be one of those guys with them on the same team. Luka will be in there. LeBron is always in that conversation. But I think Booker's right up there. Yep. Jokic will be in there again. Jokic, maybe Embiid, depending on how things go, but... I think mm-hmm. Booker will. I think Booker's in that conversation. Hey, we didn't extend DeAndre Ayton today, but at least we're not the Philadelphia 76ers. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, man. Did you see the clip of Ben Simmons at practice? No. Okay. He was wearing sweatpants and he clearly had his phone in his pocket. And he, like, was barely playing. He wasn't really trying. Yeah. Everyone else is like doing a drill and he's just like dribbling in the corner. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that mess. must be awkward, huh? Oh my gosh, yes. The young socialite dribbling awkwardly in the corner. <laughs> in his oh, sweatpants man. with his phone in his pocket. Oh, that's Ugh. that's crazy. It is. Yeah, uh, it could always be worse. All right. How about a cold take? cold take? What's your cold take? My cold take, Chris Paul won't have slowed down even a lick. Oh, I like the sounds of that. I don't, if he stays healthy, I don't see any sort of big step back from him. I mean, why? If it hasn't happened yet, why is it going to happen this year? I'm going to say that every year until his contract's up too. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my cold take is... Cam Johnson will surpass Jay Crowder into the starting lineup and just the overall better player. Yeah, I think that's reasonable as Jay Crowder gets a little bit older and Cam Johnson moves more into his prime, gets stronger. Jay Crowder has had such little rest in the past, what, three seasons? Yeah. Yeah, and that would be so nice to have him coming off our bench. I think so too. I mean, our uh, bench unit is already great, and it would be even better with him on it. Oh yeah. Uh, either way, Johnson or Crow, I I love the bench unit. I think it's our great. It's great. Yeah. And then with my hot take kicker here with a uh, Smith, I we even have a little versatility because we can go. Nader or Smith as the last forward into that into that rotation. Yeah. So if we need to go big, we have it. And then we got Nader if we're going a little smaller. I I just like I like the depth at every position. It's a it's pretty nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well. Well, 
we need to get into our bet question here. We've, we've got some games coming up. So we're not going to preview these necessarily because we're all talking about them. It's the regular season. But I'll just briefly go over our schedule for the next week. So Wednesday, October 20th is at home versus the Nuggets. That's the uh, season opener for us. Then a back-to-back right away at the Lakers Friday the 22nd, at Portland Saturday the 23rd. So we're going to be looking, though, for the bet question at that first game, season opener, Denver Nuggets in Phoenix after the Suns and Four deal. (laughs) So we're looking at Devin Booker points. How many points is Devin Booker going to score in the season opener against the Nuggets? The classic bet question. Yes. I'm going 35 for all the fans on ESPN that get to watch us play. Yeah. He's going to give him 35. He loves ESPN, and I'm going to say 40. Woo. (laughs) I got to start off off strong. Oh, I'm excited. Yes. So let us know on Twitter, at SonnyNPHXPod, how many points Devin Booker is going to score against the Nuggets. Still kind of trying to figure out if we're going to have a hashtag this season. We got some suggestions. I'm still taking taking into consideration all of our options before we make a decision. So let us know how many points Booker will score. And if you have a fun hashtag that you want to see us use for these, also let us know about that. All right. Well, with that, we're going to move to the non-sports section of the show. And I had a realization uh, a couple days ago that in most places grilling season is the summer but in phoenix it's more the fall and the winter because you could bear to be outside yes so i think we are firmly in grilling season we've talked a lot about grilling on this show but it's just a way of life so the question this week is what is your grilling Maybe grilling tip or grilling secret, any anything that you do that maybe is a little bit different. Mm, I don't know about different. I, I haven't seen a ton of people do this, though. It's something I, I picked. It was probably a YouTube video where I get most of my uh, culinary knowledge from. <laughs> um, get a wad of paper towels or an old rag or something like that like food grade though you know this is for food then load it up with olive oil and then hit your grill grates with that before you grill so you don't get the the hardcore stickage to all the grates i think that's a good move and especially if you if you're rocking something with a marinade um that that always gets like a sticky mess on there. But if there's a little oil on there, that helps it a touch. So mm-hmm. I recommend doing that, yeah, especially with marinades, I think. Very smart, yeah. Mine is, I suppose, a little bit more general, but it's grill everything. Hmm. <laughs> I love grilling. I think it's such a great way to cook. And, yeah, you've got your classics, hamburgers, hot dogs, you got steaks, chicken, I, oh, grilled chicken. I love grilling chicken. Yeah. I'll do a barbecue. I'll do a buffalo, even just a plain. Not usually plain. Who am I kidding? But yeah. grilling is great. Then we can move to vegetables. Corn is a classic. I like doing a kebab 
I'll do onion, peppers. Uh, sometimes you can use pork, chicken. Kebabs are great grilled. I've done pineapple. Um, I really like peppers and onions, though. Those are some of my favorite things to grill. You get a bell pepper and you just cut it into quarters, basically, and grill that. Um, I'm trying to think of other stuff that I've done. I know there's more. Potatoes. You can do, like, a baked potato on the grill. Um, I'm always looking for new stuff I can grill because I just love doing it so much. So just grill everything. So I actually used to sell grills. way back in the day and it was a brand it was called the holland grill oh and it was it was a unique one because it uh there was no direct flame to come near the meat it would heat up a like a now i can't think of the word it heat up like a sheet pan like a a metal sheet underneath and that would be enough heat to rise up and cook everything so it was more or less like an oven. So we we had this cookbook with all the di- crazy different... You could bake cakes in that oven with absolutely no problem. Wow. In the grill, excuse me. But we, uh, like, we'd try that out to, you know, be able to say that, like, yeah, you can actually bake a cake in there. So that was pretty legit. But my current grill, it always flares up and I need to fix it. And I would not try to bake a cake on that one. Yeah, I guess... Grill everything but cake. Hey, That's what I would say. But, but you can. You Yeah, if you really wanted to, you could. Yeah. Yeah, but it's grilling season. I'm happy about it. The regular season is here, and we're excited about it. Yeah. Oh, don't overflip. You just got to flip it once. That's good. Yeah, one time. That's actually another one of my tips with burgers. I love burgers. I love cooking them. I love eating them. I love grilling them. What you're looking for is the juices to start pulling up on the top. Once they are fully pulled, then you flip one time and that's it. You slap some cheese on there. You close it for just a bit and it's ready to go. I Okay, don't quote me on this, but I think when the juices come to the top, it means it's medium. It just hit medium. That And that's my favorite way to do it. Yeah. I'd, I'd say, uh, you know, medium rare on a burger, it has its place, but most of the time I don't want to fool around with that. Right. I'd make, I'd make myself a medium rare burger before I'd buy one at a burger yeah, shop. Yeah, you know? it also just gets soggy when you do it that way. True. That's one of my issues is it makes the bun soggy and then it starts falling apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a steak. It's different than a steak. Very true. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm hungry. We're going to end this episode. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. At Sunny and PHX Pod, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know your grilling tips, your Phoenix Suns stat prediction, your Phoenix Suns win total. You know, just hit us up and say hi. We'll, just we'll say, say hi. hi I'll say hi. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking about some Suns regular season basketball. Man, we we are excited. So hope you guys are too. See you next week. Go Suns. <laughs>